Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey folks, welcome to podcast number eight, right? Number eight. Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's only eight and we're already confused. Welcome to podcast number eight, the crazy changing world of stock and subscription music libraries. And we've got a lot to talk about today. A lot of cool stuff going on on both sides and a lot to talk about, about stock music libraries and what's going on with them or what's not going on with a lot of them. And uh, we don't want to make this all about stock libraries because there's a lot of sync stuff going on. And then there's a lot of other stuff going on, which we'll talk about. And I'll go ahead. um, Well, first of all, say hi, Steve. Hey, everybody. Steve. Uh, I'm just sipping my coffee here. Still, still yeah. uh, just waking up. But uh, yeah, what's how was your week, man? What, what's going on with you? Well, crazy uh, as always. This week has been uh, waking up every morning with uh, classical music. This week I have been working on Beethoven and oh. uh, finishing up a sonata from Beethoven. And then I'm doing several more Beethoven songs. And then I only have... Then I might dip my toe into Bach a little bit for a few Bach tunes, and then I'm done with the classical library for my Sony BMG library that I'm pitching this to. I'm I'm really not pitching it to it. He's just he does want it, and so I just have to finish it and then get it off to him to uh, to probably choose the songs. There's probably going to be about 20 plus songs in this. Okay. I did it in the correct form where I took the entire sonata, which is usually three different tunes. Most piano sonatas are three to four. Don't get me started on music history, music theory, but um, <laughs> basically you would always have a fast and a slow and a fast movement in right. a piano sonata. Right. And uh, so I went ahead and did all of the movements from all of the Mozart and Beethoven uh, piano sonatas that I am sending. And then uh, a smattering of Chopin piano pieces and nice. then a smattering of Bach pieces. So um, he will likely end up choosing the ones that he thinks are going to be the most popular, that people will know when they hear them. And um, But maybe he'll take them all. I don't know. He can take as many as he likes. The rest will go somewhere else, right? And um, so I've been working on that this week. I've also been um, going through the machinations of preparing, uh, finding and considering vocalists for our country album that we are also pitching and sending to uh, to Sony BMG, another country album. And uh, speaking of that same Sony li- uh, library, I found out this week that there are, I, I didn't know the specifics of when you got, when they distribute upfronts. In other words, mm-hmm. sync libraries, exclusive libraries, or any library really, has different ways of paying you. Like for instance, you work with Artlist and they pay once a year, Mm -hmm. and it looks like that's December, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and um, 
other libraries, like the stock libraries we work with, they pay every month or when you reach a threshold. Actually, every library pretty much pays when you reach a threshold. If you probably hadn't reached a threshold of $50 from Artlist, you probably wouldn't have gotten paid anything for the year, but I wonder. You, you exceeded <laughs> that by a bit. Um, so uh, thankfully, this I, I, I thought in my head that this library paid out biannually twice a year. Yeah. So I was imagining June and, and December. But it sounds, I asked him this week, because I was like, you know, and Jesse always says this on his channel, if you ever have a question about your library, Ask your library. So I, I asked. I said, "When do you pay?" And he said, "Every three months." So they pay quarterly. Nice. So um, I don't know if I'll have any. Uh, they also, I believe, have a certain amount. I think it's fifty or hundred before they'll pay right. uh, any percentage of upfronts. So I know I have something with them, and I know I have some placements because I saw them on Toonsat. But I right. might have other ones, and if I do. Uh, I also know that I've checked out my BMI statements recently, or not my statements, but my BMI catalog, and I've seen where they have gone in and, and uploaded everything in there uh, of all the songs so far that have been released on albums with this library. So uh, if anything gets reported, it should route correctly to my BMI account. So that's all good. And that's an interesting process because a few of the songs are not right yet. In other words, they haven't inserted themselves as the publisher, which is what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And they're only the songs that I already had up on BMI. So I would imagine, I haven't asked him this yet, but I would imagine that it's just a bit of a time for BMI to go through and change that. And they have to kind of tell BMI, yes, we have a contract with them now, and they are going to be uh, our uh uh, we're going to be the publisher of, of their stuff. And so this is a little lesson to not necessarily put everything in BMI that you are going to try to pitch to exclusive libraries. Everybody thinks, hey, anything I write, I should throw up there. And maybe that's the truth for some things. But, you know, there's this whole question about BMI. Do, do you put everything up to PROs? Does it help you on stock to not put anything on PROs or to put it there? Does it matter? And if for exclusive stuff, you probably shouldn't yeah. uh, go ahead and put it in your catalog because if they have to put it up, it'll be faster if they go do it mm -hmm. um, rather than if they have to go back and change the listing that you did where you put yourself as the publisher or you did, you put nobody as publisher. And so right. just a little lesson there. And um, I remember Jesse saying that. And, um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I think for stock, it's like we pretty much agree that it doesn't you know, it doesn't really matter. You can go ahead. If yeah. it's just in the stock libraries, then go for it. Put it up on as, PROs. I, I don't think any libraries have any issues with it at this point, except for maybe some, but I wouldn't want to work with any of them. And as it's, we're going to talk about, it may not matter. Stock may matter less and less all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what most of our show is about today. Um, let's see. I also did want to talk about something that happened last night. I got a call from, I was just sitting around, I don't think it was last night, night before last, um, and I saw it was from the taxi um, people who call you if there's an issue with one of your songs. Like I've, I've, I've called customer support before and they've called me back and it read taxi customer support on mm -hmm. the phone. Mm -hmm. So I picked it up and I, I thought maybe there was a problem with my account or something. And I said, this is Eric. And he said, Eric, this is Michael Laskow, president of Taxi. And I was like, 
Well, hello, Michael. <laughs> and so that was really interesting to be getting a call from him, although I probably pretty much knew what it was about. It was also akin to kind of being called by the principal to come to the principal's <laughs> office you a little bit. You thought you were in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, I have done several videos on taxi, and the first one did talk about some things that I wasn't crazy about. Uh-huh. And the second one that I did uh, kind of it was a slight mea culpa, but not a complete you know, apology or anything. It was just, will I decide to go through with taxi a year for another year? And I did, as a matter of fact. Well, apparently two things happened. Number one, he had a cancellation for his um, show on Monday. And if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, um, I guess that'll be the 17th. Um, Mm -hmm. He had a cancellation for that and it's a live show it's a show on taxi tv on their youtube channel that's live yeah and he also saw the videos that i had done someone suggested that he look at the videos that i had done now remember these videos don't have tens of thousands of views one has over a thousand views but the other one i don't know where it is 500 views or less i don't i don't know if it's got more than that but um I wouldn't say he's concerned, and he 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 did say he wasn't wanting this to to turn into any kind of like uh, scolding or any kind of like he wasn't gonna put me on the hot spot and and do that. But he did want to talk about some of the things I talked about, mm-hmm. and um and and the fact that my second video talked about you have to use it and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm going to be the guest on Taxi TV on Monday night, this, uh, January the 17th uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what time. I think he shoots it at 4 in L.A. and it's 7 Eastern here where I am. So, yeah, that happened. And 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 I said, I that's so funny because I was going to – I had you on my content calendar for – you know, this year to do an interview with. He goes, well, why don't I interview you for the first half of it? And then the second half of it, you interview me. That's good. That's a good idea. And and so that is, I said, man, that would be so much fun. So I've been writing down questions. He's writing down questions. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. That's awesome. Do a, I can't wait to see that. That's funny because uh, I got to, I, I, I just signed up for the, like, I guess um, the CEO of Motion Array is doing like a public uh, yeah. a question and answer thing. I think that's an hour before that, so it's like that's like six p.m. Uh, Eastern time or something. Oh, I could be wrong about that. No, actually. no, no, no. Is it's that... like ten. It's got to be early. It, it's got to. It's. I oh, think you're it's right. Ten. It's, e- it's 10, ten Eastern. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's ten. That's right. So it's seven in the morning. I get up. Get up early for that. But I thought I'd join so, that one. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll be watching that one too. Uh, well, it's ten Eastern. Oh gosh, it will be early for you, won't it? Yeah. Yep. It'll, it'll. I get up early. Like it's all seven. good. Um, yeah, that's going to be very interesting, uh, and we'll talk about Motion Array here in a little bit. But that's <clears throat> that's a lot of that's enough news for me. What what's going on with you, man? How's um, your week been? Well, let's see. I had a uh, a good week. I just posted up January's um, course for the Academy today. That's the orchestral remixing course, uh, and mm-hmm. I also posted up my uh, orchestral cover of uh, Stay, uh, which is by Justin Bieber and Kid Leroy. Uh, good tune. Uh, I personally like it better in orchestral form. <laughs> uh, I might be a bit biased there. Um, I didn't use the vocal stem uh, for this remix like I had in previous remixes, so we'll see how that does uh, on YouTube. And um, this is a this is the same track that I work on in the course, so I'm excited to kind of yeah finally have that one out there. 
and uh, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, speaking of remixes, though, I took a look at the analytics of my YouTube channel um, just a, a bit earlier today, and I noticed, like, I, <laughs> I sneakily changed the title of my remix for Driver's License to include Google remix uh-huh. in the in the title because you know as you know google did that whole year in search video and and whatnot yeah um yeah and uh so i changed the title of the video and the views have totally exploded on it um uh, really? and, wa- and the watch when did, time when did you do that um i think i did it like two weeks ago and yeah the watch time for the channel has gone way up and the subscriber count has gone up too um, so that's kind of being a cool wow. little interesting hack um, so where are you getting the tracks for these to remix to? Well, people post these. Okay. Well, first of all, people post acapellas, like vocal acapellas on YouTube, um, mm-hmm. which you can download. And I address this in the course because it's a little shady, right? Like you, you can't post, you're not technically allowed to be posting copyrighted material like that on YouTube. YouTube is a sort of a weird legal gray area in the sense, well, it's not even really gray area. It's, it's just long being a platform where people have posted their covers without any real trouble. Now, I think the music industry is kind of caught up to it a little bit. So people are seeing claims um, uh, for for covers, even if they're not using any of the source material from uh, the original track, like uh, like the vocal stem, for example. Um, I did not get a claim on the orchestral cover that huh. I just posted up. So um, I know Did you that, get one on the last one? Yep. Yeah, yeah, both of them have claims. Uh, so they're collecting ad revenue. Um, I'm not monetizing it, uh, any of them. But um, yeah, I did receive a claim, which is, you know, for anyone listening, it's not a big deal to get a claim, really. Uh, right. It's the strikes that you have to be careful about. And you can get a copyright strike if you're using, like, you know, uh, protected copyrighted, you know, material from whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's video or uh, audio. So anyway, I addressed this in the course a bit. And, and if you do want to, you know, post covers up, there's actually, a, it's, it's not that difficult to get a mechanical license to do that. And it's, um, it's a little bit more complicated with YouTube because you have to get a sync license too. Technically, no one does that though. Uh, people like people that post up covers do it all the time on YouTube. And the interesting thing is, uh, is that a lot of the people who own a lot of the copyright owners actually, uh, encourage covers on YouTube and, and have no problem with it because sure. it's a great way to promote the the track. So um, there's there's <clears throat> there's different um, uh, there's different reactions to, to covers. Some people will you know uh, issue a claim. Others others won't. But anyway, um, well, I don't think they're issuing the claim. YouTube is well, doing the the well, claim. Well, they, they have a, they have it, agreements right? with the with the labels, you know, and and I think that the labels. Yeah, but if you remixed one of my tunes that I have in content ID and YouTube heard that they would put a claim on it. For right. Me. Right. And then there's the content ID issue too. Yeah, I guess. So it's all, I, yeah, it's all part I of that. I thought that was the same thing. I think, I think it is. Maybe I'm, maybe it's all just a content ID thing, but um, maybe what I'm, what I'm referring to is the strikes, I guess. Uh, because like, I think that, that labels will issue strikes against some material if they have a problem with covers, whereas others, don't mind. I think Rick Beato talks about this a lot. He's a, you know, YouTuber who has a lot of issues because he's doing educational videos on, uh, you know, on, on, on popular songs. And he's had a lot of uh, issues with that. My understanding that over the past year, especially it's changed because content ID does such a good job at hearing it and then just paying who it belongs to. So there's no need for a strike. 
because right. the money from that video, anything it would make is coming to the artist. So um, for them to really get excited anyway, the person would have to be getting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, a million views on it. Right. And yeah. if they have a claim on it and they get a million views, well, they get all the money. So why would they care? I don't know. I'm, know? I'm still a little bit confused about um, the strikes, like uh, how the strikes work, because I've never received a strike myself. Um, I haven't heard about strikes in a long time on mm. YouTube. Even Facebook has stopped doing that kind of strike stuff where they were doing a lot last year or a year or two ago when when the technology was not there and if and I would I was having artists get their pages banned and their videos banned and shut off and stuff. Now they 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 like YouTube have their own fingerprinting type technology. So mm -hmm. they just pay who it belongs to and, and they don't worry about it. So Yeah, well I haven't had any problems, you know, with the covers that I've posted, you know, and, and two out of three of them are or three out of four of them now are using vocal stems. So huh. um, I do issue like a bit of caution in the course. Uh, regarding doing that, I think it's you know maybe it's a little risky, but so far it's worked out okay uh, for me. But I think the future covers that I'm going to do are probably not going to use any source material. But um, anyway, uh, I'm happy to have that one out. And yeah, I think from now on the, the like future courses are going to be exploring some other genres that I'm familiar with. So uh, I'm going to be diving into like the folk and indie and, and rock uh, stuff in the months ahead. So stoked for that. Um, okay. Oh, uh, interesting news. I made my first festival booking for my band um, this summer. Uh, so it looks like I might be back on the road for a little while, um, which would be fun. Uh, it's just a small festival here in uh, in British Columbia. Nice. Uh, still really tentative because no one really knows what the hell things are going to look like with restrictions mm -hmm. and stuff. But um, um, anyway, or what that, variant will be up then? Who knows? Who knows? Know. Um, we all got our fingers crossed up here, but feeling optimistic. Um, yeah, and otherwise, <clears throat> just been writing a ton and uh, just found out yesterday that I got another forward from Taxi. Uh, that was um, for... So what's your, what's your, what out of what? What's I think your it's percentage two, I think it's two for five. Two for five. That's um, great. Especially yeah. for in the very first month. Now, I, I hear a lot of people now that are getting a forward out of their first few forwards, hmm. uh, you know. Now, it might be that we're preaching right for the brief, right for the brief, right for the brief, and and people are. That's what I'm doing because so far. the people who are getting those are taking that instruction from the get-go. They're not just throwing stuff up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, it was, yeah. It was it was weird. I mean, the, 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 the one that I, the, the two were like, actually the one that I just recently got a forward on, I was not expecting to get that forwarded. Uh, it wasn't uh, work that I was particularly confident in. The ones that uh, didn't get forwarded were the ones that I thought would be. So, it's always that way. Yeah, it is It is weird how it's always that way. But um, anyway, I had a, a ton of fun writing them. And as always, they're, they're just going to go up on, on stock, the ones that didn't get forwarded. So um, that's or, yeah. all good. And, uh, do yeah, you just consider a, art list stock? I, I do, technically. I mean, it's not the right word for the library. I guess, I guess it, it's kind of well, like high-end stock. You know, it's like high-end stock. High-end stock. <laughs> or um, mid-tier library, as we call them on our group. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it doesn't feel like a stock library, right? But It, it doesn't, yeah. But, uh, but it anyway, is. <laughs> I decided to, um, to post a poll on YouTube just the other day, and the question was, do you think that subscription-based libraries are a, a benefit to composers um so let's just see like the because the results are really interesting i think like currently yeah, the poll right is right into it yeah so this is the kind of the topic for today and and, and mm -hmm. the the poll results 
we got a little bit over 60 votes currently, I think. Um, so 25% saying, uh, 25% saying yes, that they work, they're working for me. Uh, 10% saying no, they're devaluing music. And 65% saying that they're not sure. So that that's really interesting results there. And there's a lot to unpack, I think, there. So I don't know. What do you think about that? I was a yes. I took that poll. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I am a believer after my experience with Motion Array and uh, compared to the other libraries. Now, it's a weird time. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that here in a little bit after we talk about this poll and, and subscription libraries themselves. Yeah, It's a strange time in, in all of them. Even Motion Array is a big question mark right now. A yeah. Little bit. But um, I like it because you're getting a piece of the pie instead of a, a, a half of a sale those, that come way less often. In other words, um, I think it's, having a subscription makes people download more, which makes you more money. I know as a Envato Elements user every day, including today, mm-hmm. as I was working on video a video for my channel and for videos I use for my clients, I'm downloading stock and pictures and I am downloading them en masse. I am downloading a lot of them mm-hmm. because I can. Now, if they all cost me a you know, a certain number of credits or a certain number of dollars, I would have to be super careful. It would take forever to find the one I want to spend my money on. And think about it. If you pay $20 a month to Motion Array or $24 like I do to Envato Elements, um, and and I may be switching like you said, but um, if you pay 20 bucks, well, and, and you need, gosh, let's just say you need one song. Would you rather pay 20 bucks for one song or 20 bucks for the month to get as much as you want? Yeah. And and I think that's the big problem that composers and producers and whoever else is using these to make income. They don't I, – I think art people and people making stock videos and stock photos understand this business way better than us because they are the ones selling those kind of things. And they know what it's like to be a, a an artist or a video maker. And they're used to downloading these things. I think – Music right. people, for some reason, and this goes for artists too. This goes for producers. This goes for A and R people. We all have sit on this high throne, thinking, "Hey, our art is worth so much. I can't believe that Spotify only pays me point zero six cents per per stream. I can't believe my music's only worth ninety nine cents as a single, as a download, or as a and and we've we've." I can't believe I can only sell this album for $10. It's worth $25. We have a sense of entitlement as musicians. And so I think we look at subscription libraries like, how dare they only uh, charge so much for my music and let people download as much as they want. I need Mm -hmm. to be on Audio Jungle, where I have one sale every month and a half. (laughs) And I make, you know, way less than what I make at Motion Array in a subscription library. So... That's right, my right, thoughts. but I think that to, to play devil's advocate there, the, the the reason that that the you know the sales are so uh, little, and you know the reason that those sales are like one one like a once a month, like you said on Audio Jungle, is because of subscription libraries. There was like a much uh, you know um, better market for that type of uh, sale at, ahead of the you know the the rise of subscription models in the first place. So. I wonder, you know, if there was maybe like more money to go around, if it was being spread out a little bit uh, more uh, before subscription libraries came along. Um, of course. 
And I think and what, I think what like the the problem that you saw with on Audio Jungle and Pond Five is that is uh, is a similar problem, and I'll get into this a little bit more with subscription libraries. Is the is that there's price wars between authors, um, you know, on Audio Jungle and Pond Five uh, before you know Artlist and Motion Array came along, where you know the authors were driving down the sale of a track more and more and more, and I think it. Uh, you know, was that, that was a, a way of devaluing the music as well as uh, as you know subscription libraries are. You know, so it's it's hard to to, to tell which one is better. There's actually a really interesting comment on um, someone left on that poll. Uh, I think this was from I think his name was Guitar Barber. He said, "I'm uh, I'm really not sure on this. I think the subscription model is unsustainable and will eventually break if artists begin to feel uh, that the pay is not worth the effort. But at the same time, artists were already doing this themselves by price competing. So while I think that subscription sub- subscriptions ultimately result in artists getting paid less, I'm not sure it's any worse than the alternative. And that's kind of a, an interesting point to bring up. My response to that is that's what they said about streaming music." Right. They thought, why would anybody buy an album? Uh, why would anybody want streaming when they can have have the album? And of course, everybody wants to pay $10 a month and get as much music as they could want. It's not going away. It's a pipe dream to think that it's going to go back to the old days. Things never go back to the old days. Now, sometimes trends come back. Like we're, we're back in a singles type of world like we were in the 1950s, more than album type of world. Mm-hmm. But... The thought that streaming libraries or subscription libraries, which are really kind of the same thing, you pay Spotify for as much as you want to download. That's right. And I heard uh, on Bobby Osinski's podcast, which everybody should be listening to if you want the latest information on what's happening in the music business, 89% of music consumption in uh, this year, in the past year, is, is streaming. And I, I believe that's, remember, again, those aren't musicians that we're putting this to. These are, soccer moms and these are teenagers and these are people who don't do music that just want to hear it of course they're going to pick ten dollars a month or four dollars a month or whatever they can get it for and as little as they can spend for as much as they can get yeah so like walmart or anything like that that offers the lowest price for the most you can get it's not going away from a consumer standpoint it makes total sense I mean, what's right. happening right now? I mean, we and we all have to keep that in mind. It's like yeah. put yourself in the in the in the shoes of of the consumer. You definitely, you know, don't want to be paying whatever amount per like 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 you said for photos or for videos. You don't want to be paying per amount. You want to just have you know a huge selection and uh, and download what you need without having to worry about making individual purchases. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I I I. I I'm sad that I missed the audio jungle good old days. You <laughs> yeah. had a little bit of those. I had uh, a tiny, friend, tiny bit of the, the tail our, end of it. <laughs> our friend Daniel and other people who have been in stock music licensing for four or five years have had a good experience before the subscription yeah. libraries came along. And so yeah. I understand why they are disappointed. We all might be very disappointed after next week when we find out what's going to happen with Motion Array and the changes that they're making. Who knows? Right. There are people who are disappointed today after the statements came back from last week. And yeah. um, so uh, speaking of subscription libraries, are you ready to talk about Motion Array? Yeah, let's talk about Motion Array. Um, yeah, I mean, like you like you said, uh, they, they posted the statement from last month. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was up at like you know before um, 
the prices started to fall and they all fell once that they hit like the million dollar uh you know net revenue mark or something which like has that. happened three or four months in a row it's i happened think it before. was a software exactly. issue it's a, it's some the, kind of software issue yeah um that they're presumably wor- working on fixing but yeah it was i was up to i think it was 940 almost 940 bucks um and and then it started dipping and so the statement i i saw today was was 840 so um yeah it went down 100 bucks which is you know just dis- dis- disappointing at the end of the day it's like it's still good i think it's still you know it's good to get that money that's like a thousand bucks canadian so um but yeah you know disappointing and and uh what can i say i mean we'll see how it goes it's, it, there's still so much to um you know this is i'm anticipating that uh, you know there's going to be some big changes but we'll we, we just don't know much yet it might be karma for what I said about what I'm going to be focusing on in 2021, maybe stock music heard me. Uh, but <laughs> December was my third worst month of the year. Was it in all in all stock in all my libraries? So not just not just in all, but for my grand total and my total in Motion Array, it was my wor- third worst month of the year. Now, Damn. to be honest, uh, it's all found money. You know, I only yeah. I didn't make as much as you did on those libraries, but I just I used them as a dumping grounds for the for seventy percent of it, just to put my old catalog in. So it was just all found money for me, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You mm-hmm. know, I had a sale today, my first sale on Audio Jungle in like a month and a half, and it's a song that's sold there five times. It's a funk gospel groovy tune, you know, and it's sold there like five times. I don't know why, <laughs> but. Um, Still, I look at it all as a gift because it's just uh, something that I can do music for and makes me a little income on the side. But it was a down month. And um, until I know what's going on with Motion Ray, I didn't get hurt as bad as the rest of you, but only because I'd had such a slow month there. I only lost about 20 from the last total that I saw. But I had another client like you lose about 100 from the last total that we saw. Right. And... um, yeah, in case you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Motion Array and the fact that they are a subscription library that you can put your uh, your music up there, and they you get a you get you get estimated payments or income every day as it uh, distributes a percentage to you, and it tells you what percentage of the overall earnings of whatever you are. Uh, putting up there, and and people put stock video up there, they put stock photos, they put. Uh, After Effects templates and all sorts of things up there. We work in the um, in the music in the royalty free music side, but it tells you how much they've made in royalty free music, and then it tells you what percentage of that you're getting on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And and they have made a point to tell me that's an estimated total. That's not the total. So it it may be that at the end of the month when they do the final tally, that it might be different. And and some and it has been, but never hundred dollars different. No, or, it's quite a or, it's, it's quite a shift. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's what's going on, and 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 they have shut down the ability to see those numbers since about the first of January, I guess, uh, right at the end of December, yeah. is when that shut down, like right before the end of the year, and we still don't have that. I'm assuming that we might see or see that next week. Did or they say something about the fifteenth? Posting it up on the fifteenth or something like that? I didn't see that part, uh, but. Where there is a motion array, um, kind of what Zoom or something Slack. Me- or uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, there's a there's a yeah there's going to be a Zoom meeting with the CEO. CEO so um, yeah, I imagine there's going to be a lot of 
people uh, with a lot of questions. <laughs> He's going to be fielding a lot of questions. That's going to be interesting also. Monday is going to be an interesting day uh, <laughs> yeah. for me and for a lot of, for a lot of people. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, uh, so we don't know what's going to happen with Motion Array. They're, they've got a new way of paying people, which is similar to the way they used to, a, a portion, but higher earners earn more. I would assume that was the case before, but... Um, yeah, I thought so too. I think it's some ways. kind. Of, it's a it's a, a bit convoluted the way that um, they they explained it, but it's sort of a tiered system. Um, yeah, you know, based on on uh, certain thresholds and percentages. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and and then knows? we've got we've so we've got a little bit of uncertainty there with Motion Array, and then we've got a lot of uncertainty still with Audio Jungle and what is happening with that company. They have basically uh, shut down since about. May of last year, um, the ability for anyone who joins to start to put stuff up. Now, those of us who are um, have been on there before that, if you were an author before that, and they gave people ample warning, it was like a month and a half, they said, we're going to shut down. Mm -hmm. So if you want to become us, you know, you want to be able to put music in here, you better get in before this shuts down. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I had been in for a few months before that, maybe, maybe five months before that. And uh, Audio Jungle did well for me. It was my second highest earning library last year. And it's gotten a little slower in the past few months. And I still wonder what they're doing there. I wonder uh, it, too. It, I'd love to know. Uh, my dream, I think I've told you my dream, is that they just invite us all to Envato Elements and they shut Audio Jungle down. And I'd be fine with that. Um, you know, if from their perspective, I don't know why they don't. Well, I think, you know... I th well, it's I've had a lot of thoughts about that. I mean, I think that one of the like the state of affairs as it stands with the stock landscape right now is like one of the consequences of, of that has been uh, this shift towards like a very a much higher standard of quality, um, which means you know it's difficult for uh, to f it's difficult to find opportunities to sell music as a beginner or even like a novice producer. Um, we've talked about that quite a bit. I think um, I think once Audio Jungle sales started to kind of tank, like those authors began looking elsewhere for opportunities. And I imagine that Motion Array, for example, probably saw a massive sudden influx of, of applications, uh, which put them in a position where they probably felt like they had to raise the quality standard. Otherwise, they would have probably found themselves in a very similar position that Audio Jungle did, which was a gigantic backlog of music to review, um, yeah. which is just unmanageable, right? So I think that uh that's probably um the same position that that elements is in is that they have a very manageable amount of authors uh you know um sending them music and it's it's not a huge backlog and i'm you know and this is the same reason why uh, i'm assuming why audio jungle had to put uh, had to close the doors too is it just, it just became totally out of control much, they could make it much easier on themselves if they would only allow you to put up 10 things at a time most of the composers I know don't write enough to put more than a, a handful up anyway a month, maybe even only one. So if you took it down from 30 that they allow their authors to put up, take it down to 20 at least, like Motion Array, or or down mm -hmm. to 10 if you, if you don't want the backlog. That should help you. Now, they might think, oh, that's not enough for us to make, keep making money because we need all the great content we can get. So they offer 30. Because they do cut, if you don't get accepted a lot, they cut you down to two. So if you're under a certain 
<clears throat> if you're under 70% of your stuff being accepted. So they have rules for that, but geez, it seems like they could go to 20 and it wouldn't kill them, you know, but well, yeah, I mean, one way to, one way to, de- I mean, yeah, like I, like I said, one way to deal with this, this, you know, this massive influx of music is just to say, Hey, we're only going to accept the best of the best. Um, and that's, un- that's unfortunate for a lot of, a lot of music producers, but don't you feel like they kind of do that anyway on Audio Jungle? They're, they're them in Motion Array. They are the they are the most picky of of all of. Audio Jungle is, has strange preferences, and I think a lot of people agree with that. That, that yeah. it's it's very difficult to understand like their their approval process sometimes. But yeah. I mean, with Motion Array, I think they they you it's it was a very noticeable shift. You know, I've mentioned this plenty of times. It's a very noticeable shift. They went when I signed up with them. There was. Like the from the I can I mean I don't know how long from the, in the year that I first was on Motion Array there was a very um, noticeable shift in 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 quality threshold. I think they really started turning a lot of people down, and and I noticed that in the Slack channel in the, in the Slack conversations as well. A lot of authors being like, "Why are you guys not accepting my tracks anymore?" When did you join? The end of or uh, yeah, just near the end of twenty twenty. Okay, that was that was about the same time I joined, but I didn't get in until March of 2021 okay. because they were in the midst of the the sale or being being bought. Right. And so uh, I guess maybe I got in when they started getting very would you say that it was mid-year or Well, Artlist was probably quarter? one of the reasons that this happened too, right? When um, did that happen for you though? In in cuz I I started submitting stuff to them in March. Yeah, I think I started submitting to them in, Oct- in October of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. And when did the the quality difference happen? About like yeah, like around the time of Artlist's uh, acquisition. Um, so they may have had to, a lot to do with that. Well, and and so I I guess I've always been in, in the time because they've been pretty consistent uh, this year with all the stuff that I've sent up, you know, and and certain stuff just didn't get in. Not a lot, not as much as Audio Jungle, but yeah. Um, yeah, Audio Jungle is a tricky one. Who knows what's going on there? They're so, very, uh, uh, speaking of changing libraries, we've already talked about Motion Array. We've talked about Audio Jungle. The next one that is a, a kind of a question mark right now is VFine Music, which up till yeah. now has been a very simple way to get music up there and upload to. Oh, yeah. What's going and on? Like Motion Array, they have gone through a basically a change in their um, in their interface. They are... Uh, Oh yeah, right. They are upgrading their uh, artist interface for your pleasure, which means it's <laughs> making it hard for all of us now because uh, you you can upload. I uploaded several songs yesterday, but you can't tag them. Now I, I guess that's because they're they're, they're redoing the things, or maybe they're going to start doing their own tagging, or maybe they have a automated tagging system. I'm working with a new library now that has an automated tagging system. You don't tag them, you don't describe them, you don't put anything in but the wave and they do the rest. That sounds, um, that sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, well, the downside is you have to send that, actually, no, I take that back. Um, no, that's right. There's another library I work with where you have to, you put the file up and then you send them a, uh, a zip, you send them a zip file and then you have to send them a PDF with all the songs and their tags and their descriptions and mm-hmm. their their uh, BPM 
and their duration. It's a little funky. So we'll see how long we stick with that one, if it pays anything ever. And if um, uh, I am entering all my new libraries, by the way, only with corporate pop and stuff like that. You know, ah. I'm, not, I'm not really putting any extraneous genres in yet. I'm not I putting think, piano stuff in. I'm not putting jazz in. I think that's a good, I think that's a good call. I think you're going to see a difference in sales. I'm trying. That's one of the, the kind of pushes this year with stock is, is 52 songs, a song a week. And each song is going to be more on the pop side or the corporate side or might be folk or something, but it's going to be a very pop, popular sounding type of thing and not overt genres like I have been doing over the past year. That I, yeah. Again, a lot of stuff that was just sitting around anyway. Right. Although, you know, uh, religious did the best for me. But again, a, a lot of religious stuff is what I had to put in there. But... Um, well, that's it not did. surprising. It's a huge market in the States, you know, especially, I think. Yeah. So uh, that's that's a third library. There's also another library that's going through changes, and that is – what's the other one that's – that's oh, um, Motion Array, motion Elements is going through changes. I made my first $2 and something from Motion Elements. They have switched to a, a subscription program that's a little bit different. But okay. there's a bigger library I thought that was going through uh, something. Who was it? Um, well, I can't remember right now. But it's just a, it's a different day uh, right now. If you're <laughs> just starting in stock, it's, it's a, I'm sure it's very frustrating uh, to try to get going with everything. Right yeah, now. no kidding. It is, it is a, it's a weird time. I think what worries me is the like a price war um, or like a like a race to the bottom kind of situation, because like what I predict we'll continue to see is that subscription prices uh, will be will be driven down slowly. Um, But the question is, like, by how much and how fast? And I think, you know, eventually we could be in a situation where you see like Artlist can have some very uh, serious competitors um, and that might cause the subscription prices to fall somewhat. I, I, I think that Artlist has a really strong, um, a very and a very dominant market position uh, in the royalty-free landscape. So you know, I think it's pretty stable for the time being. But I think that's something that could maybe drive the prices down eventually, is if there's um, a lot of competitors doing the same thing in the same space. And there is a lot of competitors, but no one seems to be doing it quite as as well as Artlist. Yeah, that's something we've talked about several weeks about doing a show just focused on those and kind of each doing our own investigation into Music Vine, into bed tracks, into all the ones that are similar to um, to Artlist that focus on music from independent artists. Mm-hmm. They, they, they really put the focus, the focus on the artist and, and that you're getting music from this independent artist rather than just from a music company or just from a, a composer or something like that. And I think there are several. Um, Marmoset, I think, is like that. There's quite a few. Yeah. And yeah. and really, if you go look at some of the bigger music libraries, you're going to see that there, too. They have, uh, they have artists that they are signing, basically, because they want their music for commercials and for TV and for film. And so That's right. um, I, this is not only a trend – in in the stock or royalty free side but certainly in the exclusive side too yeah so um yeah there's still um one of the exclusive libraries that i'm going to be 
trying to pitch to uh, sometime this month, hopefully working on like some hip hop tracks is, um, is premium beat. It's one I've kind of had my eyes on for a while now. They still seem to be doing like, they still seem quite relevant. And I think that they pay up front for, for tracks. So we'll and they're see. exclusive and they're exclusive. Yeah. Um, and they claim to, I think they claim on their website that they, they literally pick like 1% of the tracks that are uh, submitted to them. So and they'll, like allow, the they'll allow PROs. I, th I don't know a hundred percent about that, but I think so. I think so. Um, so yeah, they're kind of like, you know, they pick the cream of the crop sort of thing, but we'll see. Um, could be an interesting opportunity, but they're not like artist focused, you know, it still has that kind of like motion array type look to gotcha. it. So, yeah, I haven't tried them yet. Um, mainly because my first year of experimenting with stock music, royalty free music, and I really mean stock music because um, it was was really to get in as many libraries with as many songs as possible, just mm -hmm. really stack them up. And for you people out there who are thinking about that um, and following that wisdom, you know, there's a lot of different people who teach different things. And um, for our instance, our friend Daniel at stockmusiclicensing.com, stock, he, he really recommends you get in as many libraries as you can that are royalty-free and put all the songs and all the cut downs and everything in every library to maximize your your possibilities for success. Um, to be honest, I don't do cut downs for every song. I know you do pretty much do cut downs for every song. I don't always. I'll, I usually do a loop now. Always, I always do a loop. I stopped. I, I stopped. I trimmed down the amount that I was doing. Um, I, I only do uh, thirty seconds. Uh, a, a minute usually, and and a loop, and that's it. Um, yeah, I know that uh, some people are, uh, you know, feel like they need to do like five or six different cutdowns, like I, I, or like a stinger and a bumper and all. I that just don't thing. even see the point of sixties, thirties, and fifteens really, because I don't think the people that get this are necessarily using these for commercials. Now, maybe they that, are. I don't know. That's that's a good point. Just a, a, an interesting fact too is that like Artlist had, doesn't want any cutdowns the only uh the only thing only alternative edit they want is an instrumental if you are sending vocal stuff so um i thought that was interesting because when i applied to them i was like oh should i send you all my edits they're like no we don't want them <laughs> yeah i'm running to less and less people this other library i just signed to that says we will take a few you can send one or two mm -hmm. but we don't need uh, uh we don't need 10 on every one yeah and i find most of them ask for a loop you know, a, a right. really good seamless loop that, and as a, again, thinking for who your client is, as exactly. a person who's doing a presentation, as a person who is doing a YouTube channel, you know what I want behind there? Seamless looping music that just lasts as long as I need it to last. And I don't think people think about that when they're making their masterpieces of music, like, oh, I, I need to do this and I need to do what this guy says. Think about who your client is. Think of it, and we do this, listen, if you and I are producing for a client, guess who we are producing that music for? Not for ourselves, we're producing to the specs or it with, in, in case, in a taxi case or a, right. um, a, a music library that gives you a brief, you're, you're writing for that brief, for that client's needs, exactly. And the more closely you write for their needs, the more success you're going to have. And the less you try, and the more you try to be an artist and do stuff that you think is cool, even though they didn't ask for it, 
is the less your luck you're going to have. In music in general, for use. In other words, music that you're writing for someone else's use or for a client. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard so. to it's hard to grasp that. Um, I think there's a lot of like selfish desires when we're writing our music. You know, well, we wanna... no, it's artistic. We're we're artists. Yeah, we're, we're all artists at heart. Um, you can say, oh no, I'm 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 a composer, or I'm a producer, or I am uh, what, or I'm an. But we're really artists. We we like what we like. I think and we I think make it's fun like. to write with with limitations. You know, I think yeah. that that's a, it's a, it's an interesting challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the idea of the guidelines that the the brief presents to you, and like you writing with like within this the kind of this narrow scope. It's like, hey, that's got to be these things. Go for it. Speak, speaking of that, that could be an interesting challenge for you. Say, I need for this month's challenge. Only you can only use the sounds from your doll. You can't use any other samples from any oh, other manufacturer. Oh man, that's a great idea. That you that is a, I think that's officially going to be a, a February's <laughs> challenge. That's a really really good idea. I now love it's going to be great if you have logic. I don't know how good it's going to be if you have reason or if you have or uh, Ableton. Ableton's great uh, as I think Ableton has like way as probably the best um, like stock uh, samples I and don't stuff. Know. I don't know if it's very could be logic. wrong about that. Logic's pretty but, good. Logic's pretty. But good. if you're with GarageBand, if you're with Logic, if you're with um, Pro Tools and almost any software you buy, they're going to send you some things. Maybe yeah, you yeah, could yeah. say, if the software was sent when you bought the DAW with it, like you got mini grand as part of your Pro Tools mm -hmm. package, that's allowed. But no, mm -hmm. you have to list the sounds and where they came from so that, you know, it's it's thing. So speaking of challenges, uh, what where I haven't got to the thing yet. Am I, am I out of scoring, time? Or, or? The scoring challenge? No, you still have time. Um, Anyone, uh, man, and by the way, the people, have been, the submissions that I have so far are so cool. I can't wait to do the live stream. This is going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. You should join me on that live stream. We'll do it together, uh, and just and and just watch them because they're they're. It's been so entertaining to see all the different styles that people are sending them in because uh, there was no yeah. uh, guidelines in terms of genre or style. It could be anything. Uh, so we have all sorts of different styles. Uh, and what's I th the deadline for that? It's the twenty fifth. So. Oh, you could send it to mean, me. You could send it to me the morning of the of the live stream if you wanted to. Oh, and, okay, and I okay, will, okay. I will, um, I will, I'll, I'll feature it. But uh, yeah, preferably by the twenty fifth. Awesome, that's going to be fun. I'm going to probably do that this weekend. I the think. live stream is on the twenty sixth, so it's thirty. It's thirty cool. seconds, so it's it's you know, it's not going to take you too long. Hopefully. And again, if you if you just listen to this podcast for the first time, we're talking about the challenge for Steve's uh, Production Music Academy. He offers his uh, the people who are involved in that that academy to do this uh, challenge every month, and usually the challenge is centered around this year, this week. It's a, a trailer scoring challenge, and last month it was Christmas. What was yeah, it last? Christmas tune yeah. last month, and then uh, next month will be the doll, the, yeah, the stock the doll challenge, <laughs> the doll challenge. I love I that, like man. That. I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> only stock plugins too. Only stock plugins. Only stock sounds. Mm -hmm. That's it. And you have to prove by sending yeah. me sending we're me like the session file. Audio. <laughs> we're like We're going to require a screen capture. Yeah, we're going to need a screen capture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh man. man, that's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, right. uh, it's crazy out there in in stock music, and that's why I think that um, if you're really serious about 
having music that you create because you're an artist. Now, there are certain people that will say, if you go into the sync world, into the world for TV and film, you also have to follow conventions. You also have to write totally. a certain way. I don't find this to be as true, personally. You don't I mean, think that's as true in the sync world? I don't, because most of the time what you're doing is making music and then pitching it. So um, to me, I write what I want to write with a nod towards that it could be used in TV and film. In other words, let's say I feel like making, well, for instance, this classical one I talked about from the beginning. I, I wanted to see if I could find decent MIDI and recording, decent MIDI recordings of classical piano sonatas. Oh, can I, and, can, can I just interject there before you go any further? Where do you find that MIDI? Because I was I did a little component oh, for the say. remixing courses. I'm not saying. No. Is it, it's a secret? You can find that yourself. It's a secret? You it's my type... secret weapon. I think, it, I think, yeah, just look for, just type classical MIDI and it, it'll probably come up. <laughs> what are you hiding? But, well... <laughs> It's my it's my special place. Um, <laughs> Are you going until to the dark I get it web? signed? Are you going to the dark web for this MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you got to go to the dark web to find classical music from the 1800s. Wow, um, <laughs> so secretive. <laughs> well, we know we got to have our little secrets, our okay. little our little right, secret fair. sauce. Fair enough. And 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 you know what? Part of uh, I also am not composing for people, so. Um, <laughs> You know, you have to compose. You have to do some work here yourself, and it's it's the same reason why we don't share a lot of the exclusive libraries that we're in that we got in, mm. because first of all, you don't want just anybody going to this site and doing the exact same thing. Because I tell everybody where, where this site is, and that everybody downloads the same one and puts it all out there, then it's ubiquitous and you. it's it's all you. a bunch of junk. And there's it's not about competition; it's about um, uh, uh, having some level of originality. If we all just downloaded MIDI and called it our own tune, I said, hey, everybody, I'm going to... And this, personally, is a thing I have a, against MIDI packs. No offense, because I know you put MIDI packs out. But I almost would never... I would never use MIDI packs. I've never used a MIDI... This is different because I'm trying to completely recreate exact note-for-note note classical music. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. if uh, now I take the MIDI in and I massage it and I slow it down, speed it up based on YouTubes that I watch and arrangements that I've heard and making sure that it's true to the writing. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then just my own personal taste of what it is. And then I put piano to that. But I did this as a lark, as just to see if it was fun. And I did it and I showed my guy, I said, hey, I did these Chopin things, what do you think? He goes, love it, I need a whole album of this. I don't have much of this kind of stuff. Cool. Boom, I had an album. And um, that is just because I wanted to do it artistically. And that's why I think the sync world is a little bit more fun. Now, you can also do that with stock. That's what I did all last year with stock and I made three to $500 a month or more. Um, every month just by putting up the stuff that I wanted to make. So you mm -hmm. can approach this anyway. You can approach it totally scientifically. Like I'm going to write for every brief. I'm going to go to Motion Array and see what's popular there and write like that. I'm going to go to Pond5 and see what sells the most and write like that. You can approach it scientifically and I'm going to write to this reference track. You can do it that way. And you can do it artistically. I'm going to make whatever I want to make and I'm going to see what luck I have. Now, well, well, the all, down that is, all that aside though, we there there is, you know, kind of like these unspoken production, well, not unspoken, but they're production rules and guidelines for that, that I think apply to like writing for sync. Like for example, like some of the feedback I've got on the taxi uh, pitches that I did that weren't forwarded were, was like, 
this is good, but I don't think it would work for an underscore for dialogue because like, you know, certain things are too loud um, or whatever. And like, those are the kinds of little things that I think, you know, distinguish. Did they request that? That it be yeah, well, there for underscore? I'm not sure if it said that in the, in the, in the brief, but it was like, it's assumed that the library is going to use this for like, you know, underneath dialogue, which is a lot of where these, these, uh, these, you know, sinks happen is it's, you know, for whatever reality TV or something where people are talking. Um, and if there's like a, if there's a conflict, like if there's like a vocal sample or something like that in the, in the track, that's like too loud in the mix. Then anyway, I'm just to saying, me, I'm just saying to that's me, I, like, they should, they should mention that and be very upfront about that in the brief. They may, they may have, and maybe I, I, I missed, I, I skimmed over that part. I can't I remember. Before. Yeah. But um, just saying, like you know, that there's some, there's some kind of general guidelines for, for writing, uh, for like production style music, and like I think that, that would be kind of like an example of one of them. And one of my, my uh, questions for Michael uh, of Taxi is going to be, or, or observations. It's not really even a question, but observation. And it was in my very first taxi video. And I think it's, we, we still come down to the thing I call one guy. There's always one guy between you and what you're trying to get to. And you could say this in just about anything, but especially in music, there's one guy, there's one gatekeeper somewhere that's going to keep you out. Could be the front desk receptionist. It could be the secretary for the guy who is, um, or the, the, the person who is the A&R person who's listening. In Taxi's case, that is the screener. Mm-hmm. That's one guy's opinion if that song is right for the company that he is picking it for. Mm-hmm. And there is the possibility they could get that wrong. However, you also, at some point, you're going to have to say, hey, listen, somebody's got to be the gatekeeper. Every song can't get in. There's got to be somebody who who is professional and and makes the decision not much different than me making a decision if I'm going to work with an artist or uh, or work with a client based on their quality. Mm-hmm. So it's always a guy. There's always one guy that's going to be that. And, you know, you run into that with this and the guy says something and you're like, well, that doesn't, that seems to be your opinion about this. Not necessarily that wasn't in the brief. And I've seen that a few times, but um, again, that's just, I, that's the music business. It's always been like that. There's yeah. never been a time since the time of music labels and music business that there hasn't been a guy going, yeah, that's the song we want right there, you know? And uh, totally. that's, just, that's, just been, that's just been the music business. And it's going to be that way at any library, Motion Array, Audio Jungle, exclusive libraries, taxi briefs, anything. There's always so, going to be one person going, yeah, I hear that. Or no, I don't hear that. And it's a human. It's not like, yeah, you know, this is a human. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they just don't like the style of your track. Like maybe they're having a, a bad day and they just weren't ready to uh, to to like your track for whatever reason. There was a time I thought Audio Jungle was somewhat automated, like robot. Like, I always thought Pond 5 was automated. Like they had I just thought, <laughs> I mean, I would I would do experiments to see if I use the same name for Pond 5. I would do Pond 5 first, then Audio Jungle. Uh-huh. And it seemed like if I did the exact same name at Audio Jungle that I did at Pond 5, it would reject it. But if I used a different name for the same song, it, it would always accept it. <laughs> and it just seemed like that for a while. I don't know if it stayed that way. Because, you know, they like them named differently anyway, as it turns out. Pond 5 likes the actual name of the song. Right. Audio Jungle prefers a more descriptive name of the song. Yeah. And um, so. Yeah, don't get me started on that. 
Yeah, so getting back to sync libraries for a minute, exclusive sync libraries where you really focus less on making music for YouTubers and corporate presentations like you are in stock music, like stock music listen to. Not that places like Artlist aren't, people aren't finding music for TV and stuff there. I'm sure they are. And as we know, uh, there are broadcast uses that we both have been paid for through Pond5, through Audio Jungle, through these things before. But for the most part, you're, 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 when you're writing for stock music, you're writing music for people making videos for and YouTube presentations. Videos. Yeah, almost. Probably <laughs> but a huge majority sync libraries, YouTube. these libraries that we talk about sync, and different people would call them different things, but we'll call them sync libraries, are looking to sync music to television or film or advertising or gaming or some usage like that. And uh, I just think that's a better, longer game. And as I've talked about since the beginning of this year, that that's kind of my more of my focus. I still want to keep my catalog up in stock world, but I think sync is where you need to be aiming. Now, stock, I continue to think it's a great way to start. I think Pond5 is a great place to start. As a matter of fact, I'm, my next video, one of my next videos is a video about Pond5. Um, talk about how to use it, how to sign up for it, all that kind of stuff. Cool. And why, and why you should start with Pond5, no matter almost who you are, if you're into the stock game. Um, I have a lot of reasons for it. So I'm going to go through that, and that's going to be one of my next videos. But um, I've also got a couple of interviews videos that I've already taped that I need to get out. But uh, And then, of course, I might chop some of the taxi interview off and put that on my channel too. Who knows if, he, if he'll allow that. Um, so I, just, I think that uh, stock libraries are a great way to start. If you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast and you – are wanting to get into licensing. It's a great it's a great first step. Yeah, the the opportunity is still out there to to earn uh, money on stock and I plan on, you know, putting my best foot forward this year and trying to trying to maybe maybe I'll try to double, you know, what I made uh, last year. I still think there's plenty of opportunity. Hopefully um, Motion Array will continue to to you know, be a good source of income. Hopefully the same thing can be said for Artlist. Um and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about Audio Jungle. I have still haven't. It's you know, what we're two weeks into the year. I, have, I haven't uploaded anything to Audio Jungle or Pond Five or anywhere else. But I will get to that eventually. <clears throat> and uh, just so, to... I have a bit of an announcement here um, concerning composing for licensing, composing for sync licensing, stock licensing, really for any kind of of, of thing. I started the first video on my new channel. I haven't released it yet. I've actually made the channel. The channel is called Hello Composers, and that is going to be the name of my writing channel, which is going to be just kind of like a, a, a companion channel to make music income. It's, it's more for the side that I think is really missing in this. I think you are the person, I mean, anybody who does production it talks about how to make music for sync licensing or for for briefs or anything like that which you do you you but you're doing it a little bit more on the production side like here's how i produce it mm -hmm. rather than here's how i technically write it here's what chord i start with here's the second chord i go to anything like that yeah this is more a little bit more basic like that about why i make the musical decisions i make the compositional choices i make um trying to put that you can't see it over here, but that master's degree in composition to use a little bit uh, until I get a job teaching it. 
I'm going to just make my own teaching of it and put it up there and it'll be it'll be at the piano and it's not going to be necessarily in here. So um, yeah. I may show a little bit of what my composition looks like on Logic if I if it's but I'm going to be talking about tunes that I've written years ago that that I don't have access to anymore. So uh, and then showing videos of them or or putting them up so that people can hear them. But um, the the kind of goal is to write a song and then or, or show how I wrote the song, the reasons I chose those things. And I used to think that this was dumb. Who would care why Beethoven chose this chord and then this chord and then this chord? But I find that there are a lot of people, speakly in Discord, that want to know that. They want, want to, know to know more about the fundamentals of yeah. The they just don't. They they're interested in it. They they're interested in knowing how to write music, and a lot of them really don't know as much as uh, you would think. Just because you have a keyboard or a guitar doesn't mean you really know mm -hmm. how to put chords together. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'll certainly tell people. And my first one is actually on corporate music, and it tells the whole wait. story of me ripping off your song, <laughs> and um, uh, basically why I chose to make the decisions I did, and. It, Different people will make different decisions depending on who they are. But you, you probably I'm, know more about about the the composition than I do. My own. Well, whether I do or not, <laughs> again, this is just like my Make Music Income channel. This is just a channel about how I compose. It's not how you should compose. And I think by yeah. watching other people do different things, you learn from them. And that's what I've learned from making this channel for these past you know six seven months now is that. People are learning from my experience. Not, I'm not teaching them how they. You got to do it this way. I'm sure just sharing how I did it, and people are finding value in that. And I think that's that's fun. You know? I, Rather I than am, coming in with empirical knowledge and saying you have to write this chord and then this chord and then this chord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I one think wants that's that. not. Nah. No, I, and I'm no wishing, one needs I'm it. wishing you. Uh, wishing you luck on with your second YouTube channel, uh, my friend. I have uh, all but given up on on having a second YouTube channel. I absolutely do not have time for that in my life. You've kind of got <laughs> several in in your same channel. You've got your music. Yeah, yeah. And you've got well. The I, I, that's what I, that's the conclusion academy. I've come to is that I just there's no way I have time to manage two channels. So I just kind of throw it all into one, and that's that's the way it goes. Uh, for oh, better, for and that's worse. not only the only one I'm doing. I'm also re re um, revamping my label uh, YouTube, which has close oh, to nice. 300 followers or subscribers and trying to kind of awaken that crowd of people which are artists. So I'm speaking to artists over there, speaking to people who want to make money with music over here and composers over there. They're all kind of related to each other. The artist thing is a little bit separate. But mm -hmm. um, this week's video that I'm putting out tomorrow or today or sometime is uh, it's the same video for both both channels. It's just got a little bit of different introduction and end for each channel who the audience is. But uh, it's something that was on my content calendar. And I'm kind of on artist stuff right now on Make Music Income, how you can make income from being an artist. And that's what this week's is about. But uh, so I got to decide when I'm going to post that, when I'm going to post our podcast. And then I got another podcast to post Monday. And then uh, this whole taxi thing is happening. And so it's it's a busy time. We are off to a good start this year, I think. I've, I've This is, uh, today was my third uh, video posted uh onto youtube in a week i'm trying to do more just regular content like i said i'm on my i'm on a mission to be a master of social media i've been following uh andrew southworth um a little bit and kind of seeing what he has to say about spotify 
Uh, so that might, might be something I, I might touch on. Uh, That's uh, part of this week's video, by the way. So wait, before you do that, watch this week's video because I talk about Andrew and Tom oh, cool. in this video. And then I have an interview with Tom that we've already taped, and which will probably be up next week. So um, you might want to look at those. But uh, yeah, Andrew is is really cool. He does a lot of cool stuff. And I love the fact that Andrew and Tom both are artists and teachers. In other yes. words, they're they're making the music and then showing you what happens with it as they put it up and do these experiments with ads and things. Right, right. Versus just telling you, oh, here's what, what you, you need should to do. do. Yeah, 100. percent I love that. That's what I like about them too. That's what I like, and that's what I'm trying to do as well. So yep, I'm trying to too. I'm trying to compose, I'm trying to upload, and I'm trying to you know talk teach. about the results in real time yeah. here with you. <laughs> compose to teach. That's what I. That's the way I think of it. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, man, uh, did you have any questions or anything this week? Or don't think there was any questions. Um, I production academy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to post in. that up for uh, for next week. I think I meant to do that yesterday. I think but this one's long up. enough anyway. <laughs> yeah, this one's a little on the long side, but it's been yeah. it's been fun. Yeah, good stuff. All right, man. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening and watching, and we're having a lot of fun doing these podcasts and. This will air on Monday the 17th. And then, as you know, we are catching up our podcasts at the end of each week as well until we are back. And then at that point, who knows what we'll do after that uh, point, maybe some live uh, type of things together or we'll something. Do, we'll, but, well, yeah, we'll do some live streams. Um, we'll, we'll have some fun with that. Because I don't have enough channels to make videos Yeah, I think for you need now. a third channel. <laughs> well, I've already got it. <laughs> oh, I haven't even told you about a secret channel I have. Oh, God, so. here we go. <laughs> Secret channel, the dark dark web channel. No, it's not about the dark web. It's about these things. Um, so, so anyway, you, so you guys can expect to see episode two on my channel. I think this fr- uh, tom- tomorrow. That's the schedule, Ron. Well, I'm, it'll I'm, already be out, right? Um, yes. No, episode you, you, episode two of the podcast because we're back. Right, we're I am dropping number two tomorrow. Oh, you're dropping? Yeah, right. So we're going back and forth. But you're you'll dropping see number it on two tomorrow. Both channels. Either channel you'll see it on. And, yeah, we, we have it both uh, on the playlist. It won't be tomorrow for the people who are hearing this. It'll be three days ago. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna edit all this out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. So we're uh, so uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.